It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. One time I did a video on Facebook about the idea of being good to yourself. Now, I'm all about the idea of giving and helping other people, but sometimes you have to take time for yourself. This can take a lot of forms. Some people like to go shopping or eat at a nice restaurant. Others like to read, go to the gym, get a massage. It's like the speech you hear on the airplane right before your flight takes off. Put the oxygen mask on yourself before putting on someone else. Why? Because if you have nothing to give, you can't give anything to someone else. So you have to take time for yourself. But here's the caveat. You have to earn it first. If you take the reward before you do the work, then that cheapens the reward altogether. And you're not going to want to do the work because you've got the reward. So do the work, but don't forget to do something good for yourself. Some of us forget to do that because we're so focused on helping others. But take the final step of doing something to rejuvenate yourself. You will be so glad you did. And with all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. I had the chance to interview John Asaraf for Success Profiles Magazine recently, and he is one of the cast members in the new movie, How Thoughts Become Things, which is being built as a sequel to The Secret. And I wanted to share that interview with you today. We talked about a lot of things, including the neuroscience behind the law of attraction. So without any further delay, here is my brilliant interview with John Asaraf. And I say that brilliant because that's him. He is one of the smartest people I have ever, ever interviewed. So here we are with John Asaraf. I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah, for those who don't know John, let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, John Asraf is one of the leading mindset and behavior experts in the world. He's built five multi-million dollar companies, written two New York Times bestselling books, has been featured in nine movies, including the blockbuster hit The Secret and Quest for Success with Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama. Today, he's the founder and CEO of Neurogym, a company dedicated to using the most advanced technologies and evidence-based brain training methods to help individuals unleash their foolish, their fullest potential and maximize their results. He's also in the new movie, How Thoughts Become Things. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I normally ask people about their background, but I'm going to ask it a little bit differently. Did you envision way back then that you would be where you are today? Oh, my. I, I don't think I envisioned what I am doing today, um, but I did envision being successful some way, somehow. Mm. I had no idea how to do it. I didn't, um, you know, have the beliefs that I really could do it because I didn't do well in school. When I was a kid, I uh, failed English, I failed math, uh, and failed chemistry, um, to name a few. And so I didn't know how, I didn't know when, but I knew something within me wanted to be successful. 
Yeah, that's really, really great. So let's talk about the movie, How Thoughts Become Things. What is this exactly about? Well, in the movie, The Secret, which you mentioned before, you know, the premise of The Secret was uh, think, believe, and you'll achieve. And so the premise was, you know, based a little bit on Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. And then The Secret, you know, really took it a little bit deeper into a visual form that says that, you know, everything that we have created since the beginning of time, 105 or 6 billion humans have lived on planet Earth, um, started off with somebody's imagination, somebody's idea. And Albert Einstein said, you know, imagination is more powerful than knowledge. And so whether we're trying to colonize Mars or whether we're trying to come up with a cure for coronavirus uh, or we're looking for a cure for cancer or a new technology, somebody is thinking about how can I do this? How can we do this? So the premise is thoughts that are acted upon mm. can become things. Thoughts on their own do not become things because if thoughts became things, when I was younger, I would have become a woman. Mm. Okay. So I there love... A, there was a joke for you there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was a joke or not. <laughs> it's all good. What is, yeah, so anyway. Fantastic. I love that you drew the distinction of action because the secret didn't really talk about that. In fact, I've talked with different people in the movie who said they edited that out. So is that a more active component in this movie? Uh, absolutely. If you, if you uh, go back to the law of attraction, the last six letters of attraction are action. Yeah. Right. And the, the work that I do around the neuroscience and neuropsychology of behavior and performance uh, shows that, yes, you have to have the right thoughts. Yes, you have to have the emotions, you know, that fire you up to want to do something. But you've got to be in action to achieve a result. Mm -hmm. And when you take the right actions in the right order, then the chances to create predictable success is augmented dramatically versus somebody who, who may just sit there and, and think and hope and pray, yeah. um, which I think thinking and hoping and praying is great, but mm -hmm. without taking action, chances are that you're not going to achieve the success that you want. Right. Are there other reasons why the law of attraction doesn't seem to work for people sometimes? Well, um, yeah, because I think people have a misunderstanding of what the law of attraction is. And unfortunately, in the movie and through what some other teachers are teaching, the law of attraction is some kind of a magnet, you know, where you have this idea mm -hmm. um, and, um, and then somehow it's magnetized to you. As opposed to thinking about you being energy, which we know we're all made up of energy, everything's made up of energy, yeah. and think about how a tuning fork works. So if you're into music at all, if you have a, a tuning fork and you hit, for example, the A440 key on your piano, how is it that the tuning fork starts to move and vibrate in your hand? Or how is it that you can um, have somebody who's got incredible vocal range, they can hit a certain pitch and 10 or 15 feet away the chandelier starts to move yeah. even though there isn't a string holding them together right and the answer is things that resonate make each other known to each other they don't attract like a magnet because if you take a look at how a magnet works if you take positive and positive it actually repels yes 
So it's a positive and negative that creates that attraction force. And so there's a misconception, all right, around the law of attraction. If you think positive thoughts, you're going to attract positive things. And the way it really works is when you get into resonance, into harmony with your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors, that alignment creates that vibrational force. And as you are moving towards that thing that you want, that thing is also vibrating at the same frequency as you are in. Therefore, it makes itself known to you. Fantastic. So the movie is called How Thoughts Become Things. How did this opportunity come your way? Um, Doug um, asked me to be in one of his other movies and he's in the personal development arena and knows that I really love to study the science of, um, of performance and the science, uh, the metaphysical science of energy and waves and frequencies and putting them all together between the neuroscience and the quantum physics science. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So yeah. how exactly do thoughts become things? Well, First and foremost, if we um, understand a little bit about our brain. So let me start with our brain. Sure. So our brain is what? Uh, obviously, it's uh, an organism, and we're able to think with our brain. Our brain produces neurochemicals that causes our body to vibrate and oscillate at certain frequencies, whether it's a frequency of happiness, sadness, love, shame, guilt, or fear. Those are all vibrational frequencies in our bodies, and we are able to use this electromagnetic switching station called our brain to be able to formulate an idea, any idea, using our imagination, right? So we take, you know, cells and we create an image in our brain. Those images create the neurochemicals that are associated with those neurochemicals, which then means that the 100 trillion cells in my body are vibrating and oscillating at the frequency of that image. That's part one. Part two. Now, when we get into what can I do to achieve this goal, this vision, this dream, what tools, what technologies, what combination of things can I put together? What, who has an answer to this? What people or, 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 or what uh, products, services, people, tools, or resources can we either create or come up with to take this imagination image that I have in my brain and make it a reality. So it's the very act of using our imagination and focusing on it over and over and over again until we find a solution or a way is us using this brain of ours to its fullest capacity. Fantastic. So this might sound like an off-the-wall question, but does reality exist? Uh, in our minds, it does. Everybody has their own, um, you know, idea of what reality is. You know, my reality is vastly different than your reality. Right. And my experiences are vastly different than yours. Mm-hmm. And so we are creating our reality every single day. So, you know, if I have a reality that, almost everything is possible for me to achieve. And somebody else has a reality that almost nothing is possible for me to achieve. Both those realities are real and true for the individuals. Mm -hmm. Great. So how can we program our brain for the things that we really want? 
Um, great question. So the first thing to understand is there's a part of our brain that everybody's aware of called the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And the conscious mind means that we can consciously choose what we want. Mm -hmm. We can say, I want this and I don't want that. So we can use our conscious mind to choose. We can use our conscious mind to imagine an end result, whether it's a new physique we want, whether it's a, a lover we want, whether it's a business we want, or an accomplishment that we want. We can imagine it. And then we can use our um, muscles in our brain, our, our neural muscles, I call them, to actually take action towards those results. So mm. that's part one. But we also know that it's our subconscious mind that is actually processing all of the input that's coming in from the external world. It's causing us to behave automatically based on our habits. And so our habits are going to determine how we think. It's going to determine the thoughts that percolate up into our brain. It's going to determine our emotions. But our habits drive our behavior. Yeah. And so the way that we achieve new goals is we take a new amount of income that we want to earn, a new body that we want to have, a new relationship that we want to have. And if every day we took the image or the idea that we had consciously and we just sat quietly every day and we visualized us having it, we visualized and emotionalized us feeling great about it. We saw ourselves taking action. We saw the effects that it had in our families, in the people that were surrounded, in our communities. As soon as we start to impress that image into our subconscious mind, we're now activating a variety of different neural circuits in our brain, the motivational circuit, the motor cortex, the genius Einstein part of our brain that can help us learn how to achieve it. And so when we activate the genius parts of our brain and we impress that into the subconscious mind, the images, now we are able to be in vibrational frequency with what we want. Now we're going to figure out the emotions of that achievement, which makes us feel good. And that means that we're going to be motivated and we're going to take action towards those goals and dreams. Fantastic. Well, with the current coronavirus pandemic, there's a bit of group think going on. We seem to be creating our own version of what we think is really going on. And we're all doing this at the same time. What are your thoughts on what's going on right now and how that relates to this particular topic? Great question. So, yeah. When, when we understand the brain a little bit better, just, just some, some basic fundamentals of the brain. Number one is our brain is focusing on survival above all else, right? Right. right. And number two is focusing on avoidance of pain or discomfort. Yeah. Number three is trying to save energy. Number four is trying to um, have fun and gain pleasure. Mm -hmm. So let's take number one. Right now, every human being that's alive, their life is at risk. Mm-hmm. Right? So that means that our brain is going to be on high alert, stress alert state, and that's going to cause us to mentally, okay, not have confidence, mentally not have certainty, mentally have unpredictability, which causes further stress. Mm -hmm. So now when we're mentally, emotionally, and in, now, in our cases today, financially strained for a lot of people, now we have a brain in stress. And a brain in stress is going to activate 
the fear center. That is the fear center. And most people don't know how to have their mental control, their emotional control, and they're not experts at earning money and managing their money wisely in these times. So what happens is they react abruptly instead of learning how to manage and master their mindset and emotions and focus. So they're focused on how can I be healthy in this crisis? How can I stay focused on what I want versus what I don't want? How can I manage my emotions so that I am calm so I could respond instead of fearful and in a state of reaction? Yeah. And so there are there's uh, two parts of the brain I always like talking about. The Einstein part of the brain that can do exactly what I just said mm-hmm. and the Frankenstein part of the brain that actually does what most people are doing right now and that is being in a state of doubt and fear and uncertainty and panic. I love that you addressed the topic of calm because you teach people how to clear their mind in 90 seconds. What is this process like? So in my newest book, Inner Size, The New Science to Unlock Your Brain's Hidden Power, one of the first inner sizes I teach people is based on understanding you have a brain, you have a nervous system, and there's circuits that turn on or off. So when we're in a state of stress and fear, the sympathetic nervous system has been activated, and that means that what? We are going to be in this state of uneasiness, of anxiety, of doubt, and worry. Well, here's what we know from a neuroscience perspective and from all the research. If I just stopped for just a moment, I felt this angst and anxiousness. If I just stopped and took six very, very, very slow breaths in through my nose, Hmm. deep, 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 deep in my diaphragm and my lungs, and then as I'm exhaling, I puckered my lips like I'm blowing out through a straw, and I gently and very, very slowly released that air six times, which takes about 60 seconds to 90 seconds, if you want to do it 10 times, deactivates the worry, stress, or fear, or panic center in the brain, which is all the same part of the brain, and that's the sympathetic nervous system, and activates the calm and respond parasympathetic nervous system in the brain. And now, guess what I can do again? I can stay calm so I can respond. I can think. I can use my imagination again. I come with solutions. So instead of reacting abruptly, I can calmly respond. And now I'm back in control. That simple inner size is called take six, calm the circuits. And then if we add one more inner size to that, it's called AIA, A-I-A. So after I'm in a calm state, I ask myself, okay, what were my thoughts when I was in a, in a doubtful, stressful, fearful state? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? What was I doing? And if we do that in a calm state, we don't reactivate that stress or fear center, and now we have pure awareness. I was thinking this. I was feeling this. I was doing this. I was listening to this. I was watching this. Calm, 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 calm. And now if I said, okay, what's my intention right now? So my intention is not to allow fear to control me. My intention is not to be stressed out. My intention is to take inspired action. That's my intention. Mm -hmm. And then the third or the second A in Aya 
is what's one small action step that I can take right now to move me towards what I want instead of being fearful and not moving towards what I want. So when I'm in a state of awareness without judgment, blame, shame, or guilt, or justification, and I set a simple intention, and I take one small action step, now what have I done? Now I've learned how to control my mindset. Now I've learned how to manage my emotions. Now I've taken one small action step towards what I want instead of allowing my mental or emotional lack of control to control me. So now I have reinforced my confidence, my self-esteem, my self-worth, and a positive behavior, which is going to help me achieve my goals and dreams. I love all of that. One of my favorite topics is gratitude. That's very important to the creative process too. Of course. What we do know is if I say to myself, I'm so grateful for blank, Mm -hmm. we can actually see neurochemicals being released in the brain and being Mm. flooded into the bloodstream. When I say, you know what, I'm so freaking stupid, those neurochemicals are being released in the brain. And so when we start off with gratitude, we are flooding our brain and our bodies with the positive neurochemicals. And guess what happens? Whatever it is that we give attention to is where the energy flows. So energy flows where attention goes. So why not give attention to the things that I want and let's move away from the things that we don't want. Yeah, that's absolutely great. A lot of people tend to have a negative view of money, but you can't ever have the thing that you are repelling or resisting, right? Well, you can, but then there's a battle, right? So um, what if we just shifted what people's meaning of money is, right? There used to be this, you know, big biblical saying that people got wrong where it says money is the root of all evil and that's actually not what was said in the bible what was said in the bible was the love of money is the root of all evil Mm -hmm. and i've taught people to love people and use money so if we think about a frame for money like money isn't bad money isn't good money doesn't corrupt you money doesn't make you better money is a tool that's like saying you know what um my refrigerator handle is really bad for you. I go like, yeah. really? You're not using it right then. You know? right. You're right. using it to hurt somebody instead of as a tool to open up your fridge. So money is just a tool. Yeah. And if we understand the concept of money and how money was created, it was just a means of exchange. Yeah. Right. So what if I could exchange knowledge, skills, product or services that other people want And in return, they pay me, and then I take that money, and I take care of myself, my family, and I could do good for other people, and I could keep exchanging it for the things in the market, but I could put it into flow. What if I develop a healthy relationship with money that if I want more of it, how can I give more of my products or service, knowledge, skills to people who want it in exchange? Now, all of a sudden, money is a tool. Now, it's like saying, hey, I've got a piece of cake. Would you like it? Yes, that's awesome. The movie is called How Thoughts Become Things. Any final thoughts as we close this out, John? Yes. Thoughts are super, super important. And you own your brain, right? You're not your brain. You own your brain. There's a huge difference between thoughts and thinking. So what I want people to do is I want you to think about your thoughts. And if they're constructive 
keep them. If they're destructive, just choose to release them. If they empower you, have more of them. If they disempower you, choose to release them. They are yours, and your thoughts are percolating up from your subconscious mind, and a lot of it is going to be negative thoughts that are there, somehow got impregnated, and guess what your job is? Let them go like a hot air balloon flying in the sky. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. John Asaroff is brilliant, as I'm sure you can understand and attest to. And if you want to know more about what he's doing, just go to johnasaraf.com. And his last name is spelled A-S-S-A-R-A-F, John Asaraf. You can subscribe to this show on iTunes and listen to any episode that has previously aired. In addition, you can also subscribe to Success Profiles magazine to read the May issue, which will be out shortly. And you can read every issue that has been released so far at successprofilesmagazine.com. Going strong ever since December 2017. Thanks for everyone listening today and we will see you next week join us every monday at 6 p.m eastern where i interview another world-class achiever to learn what they did what they overcame and the lessons we can learn from it until then have a fantastic week everyone take care have a wonderful day goodbye Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.